Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business and Makeover Newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Tyler Orton. Calgary Mayor Nahid Nenshi is in Vancouver this week, along with various tech startups from his hometown. They're looking to recruit as many tech workers that are in demand here in Vancouver as possible, bring him across the Rockies, set up shop in Calgary. An interesting discussion with the mayor, and I think it's going to be fascinating to see how there's a bit of a crunch going on when it comes to talent, and Vancouver's being further squeezed by competition to our east. But in a few moments, we're also going to speak to Remax's Elton Ash to explain why the once-dominant luxury home market is on the wane here in Vancouver. Finally, BIV's Business Excellence Series hits the Vancouver Club November 8th. Our expert panel will talk specifics on strategic wealth management at each stage and each level, aiming to arm you with a game plan to build your personal prosperity. Go to BIV.com slash events for more details. Now, here's Calgary Mayor Nahid Nenshi. It's great that you know you're, you're taking a look at uh, the city, seeing what it has to offer, maybe kind of making a pitch to some of the tech talent that's here. And I'm just curious about maybe what that pitch is. Tell me a little bit about why you think Vancouverites uh, should take a look across the Rockies for potential career opportunities. You know, I'm here for two reasons. Uh, the first is we've actually brought a bunch of Calgary companies with us, not to recruit talent, but also to uh, pitch to Vancouver tech companies to be potential customers. Um, because we've got a lot of brilliant uh, entrepreneurs here in Vancouver who can help Calgary companies solve a lot of their problems. You know, Calgary is still the second largest concentration of head offices in Canada. And so, you know, there's some real good customers there, and those customers would prefer to buy Canadian. So hopefully we can drum up some business for Vancouver tech companies while we're here. And I'm also bringing uh, a group of Calgary tech companies that are seeking talent, and we've got some great talent here. And we'd love them to consider Calgary. You know, um, I can give you the pitch, right? Calgary was named Calgary was named the top city in North America on which to live um, by the Economist around the summer. Uh, the cost of living, of course, the cost of housing is far lower um, than it is here, and the quality of life is extraordinary. Uh, those are all great things. But what's really exciting about it is the opportunity to work in a very cohesive startup environment and tech environment where people look after one another and want one another to succeed. It's like the early days of the Vancouver tech industry. And I think if you're young and you're looking to solve big problems, particularly problems around the environment and others, then uh, Calgary is a really great place to be. Well, one of the interesting things, you know, I, I have a friend, she was working for Husky um, up until about a year ago, and uh, before she moved on to another job, she was just talking about how, say, the office tower was becoming more and more vacant. And, and I'm wondering yes. if you kind of take a look at um, the, the downturn that we saw, just starting with the, uh, the oil shock, have tech companies in Calgary benefited to a certain degree and that they have this access to, say, talent from the oil and gas sector? Or has it been a bit to the detriment just because there's less economic activity going on in the last few years in Alberta? That's such an incisive question because the answer is both. Mm. Um, you know, we have this tremendously uh, highly trained technical um, workforce, uh, which is really incredible, um, that now is looking for new things to do. And we've seen lots of engineers and tech folks move from the energy sector into different kinds of sectors, which is really cool. 
But on the other hand, uh, as you say, you know, we are going through economic growth at the moment. We're coming out of the downturn, but it has been in some ways a jobless recovery. And so it has been very important for us to develop new uh, ways of making sure people have great, decent jobs. And so it really is a double-edged sword. There's opportunity there for those who seek it. Um, but, you know, certainly the economy is changing. The other thing that I'm curious about, you know, because I would assume, you know, the Calgary tech sector very much tied to, say, innovations going on in oil and gas. So I'm wondering about how the tech sector itself is going to be something that can be diversified going forward in Calgary. These are terrific questions. And so, yes, the historic historic tech sector has been very much tied to innovations in energy. Thank you so much. Which, um, you know, are important. Everyone uses energy, right? And certainly, if you believe in alternative energy and cleaner fuels, the best place to learn about that is in the context of people who really know energy. Uh, And that's why that particular piece of the tech sector has been so powerful. But we're really interested as well in uh, really looking at tech as an enabler of economic growth in the areas in which we're growing, which include clean and green energy, financial services, agri-food and agribusiness, transportation, logistics, and so on. I always joke that you just add tech to the end of everything, ag tech, energy tech, fintech, and so on, um, rather than uh, tech in and of itself. Look, if we can get the next hoot suite, we'd be thrilled to do that. Mm-hmm. But we are also looking at creating a tech ecosystem that supports uh, some of those industries where we're already strong. One of the other things that uh, is kind of interesting to me, um, I, I was speaking to um, uh, companies a couple of years ago when the oil shock happened, and uh, Vancouver tech companies, they're actually going to Calgary, they're going to Edmonton, and looking at people in the oil gas sector, engineers, uh, what have you, and, and saying, hey, come to Vancouver. Do you see an opportunity now to say, hey, you know, the economy is doing much better in Alberta, why don't you consider you know, coming back to your hometown at this point? Yes, exactly. And telling Vancouverites, hey, there's other towns you can live in, too. You know, one of the great things about this country is that we can do that. And, you know, rather than go abroad um, and seek people coming to the country, which we also love, um, we have the opportunity to have some shock absorbers and the ability for talent to move across the country. And, you know, for many, 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 many years, uh, Alberta was actually in a remains a net importer of Canadian, Canadian talent. But I thought it was great when we were in the depths of the downturn that other Canadian companies here in Vancouver were able to say, hey, come out here for a while. I think uh, that's one of the great strengths of our nation. The other, I guess my last question for you, and then if there's anything that I didn't ask you about that you wanted to bring up, I'll throw it back into, uh, back to your court here. But, um, you know, uh, what about maybe tech companies here in Vancouver that are like, hey, we're struggling to find talent right now. Now we have to compete with Calgary too. Do you see these two ecosystems as competitors? Do you see them as complementary? Where do you come down on maybe kind of some of the concerns that some people here might be bringing up? I think they can be deeply complementary, you know. Um, And in fact, uh, not to put too fine a point on it, but one of the reasons that these companies are in a struggle for talent here in Vancouver is that it's expensive to live here and it's hard for people to choose to move here. And so as a result, you know, set up a branch office in Calgary, set up a second headquarters. Um, you know, uh, and make sure that the great growth of your company is one that is sustainable because you can attract people without uh, having to fight in an increasingly difficult war for talent. You know, what we're seeing in Silicon Valley right now 
the difference between Silicon Valley and Vancouver is Silicon Valley is a horrible place to live. Sure. Right? <laughs> Vancouver, is an, Vancouver is an amazing place to live. But they're running into a lot of the same war for talent issues, which is that it's so expensive to live here that leads to really um, out-of-control wage inflation. But it also means it's hard to retain talent because people will cross the street for 5000 bucks because they need the money and um, in order to live. And so I, we're seeing a lot of smart Silicon Valley companies do, and I think a lot of smart Vancouver companies will do the same. They say, you know what, rather than embroil ourselves in that fight, let's look at some of our expansion in a place where talent is plentiful, and I think Calgary should be top of that list. Throw it back to you. Is there anything I didn't ask about? Anything that you wanted to add here? No, I really appreciate it. I will point out that it is warmer in Calgary today than it is oh, in Vancouver. Okay. Well, you've and got so those stuff. myths about it being super cold, not necessarily true. Just very, very <laughs> variable. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Excellent. So, Amir, thank you so much for your time. I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you, Tyler. Take care. So that was my conversation with Calgary Mayor Nahid Nenshi. Stay with us in just a moment. We are going to speak to Remax's Elton Ash all about the luxury home market here in Vancouver and why it's seen significant declines. Vancouver's luxury home market isn't what it quite used to be just a year ago. Sales for single detached homes are down in the region. This is according to Remax's 2018 Spotlight on Luxury Report. And with us today, it's Elton Ash. He's Regional Executive Vice President of Remax of Western Canada, calling in today from Montreal. Elton, thanks for joining us on the show today. You're welcome. Pleasure to be, be with you. So it seems like it's a bit of a, a tale of two cities here. We, we have one narrative going on with, say, luxury homes, the single detached homes, and then not, something else going on with, say, some of the luxury condos in the region. Why don't we start with detached homes? Uh, what is going on here? I, we're seeing, uh, say, some declines. What do you think the, the big causes are behind these declines? Well, yeah, we've seen a major decline in the single detached luxury home, and it's really been brought about a lot by government intervention into the marketplace, uh, specifically the foreign buyer tax that was introduced two years ago and then increased by an additional 5% to 20% uh, uh, in recent months. Um, And interestingly enough, when we look at the decline, uh, percentage-wise, it's almost directly related to that foreign buyer tax. So... You know, prior to that, uh, and specifically mainland Chinese buyers, clients, who had a huge um, uh, influence into the luxury home segment in Vancouver, uh, were really uh, driving the market. Then after the tax, it pretty much dried up. I, and I, I find it interesting, though, because there's a lot of debate about just how much influence uh, that these people are actually having on the uh, real estate industry locally. And we definitely see it within this particular segment here. The, the other thing that, that maybe I should just ask you, get it out uh, there, though, is how do we define a luxury home in a region like Vancouver? Because I, I think it would have a very definition, a very different definition in, say, uh, Saskatoon versus, say, Vancouver. Well, for sure. And, and, and quite frankly, though, when you look at defining a luxury home, it really doesn't matter the marketplace. Luxury home is defined certainly by price relative to the average home price in any specific market. But more importantly, it, it's the pedigree of the home. You know, what uh, the location, uh, the neighborhood, 
um, schools and and just amenities and that type of thing. So when you look at uh, neighborhoods, um, and Vancouver is well defined as Toronto, there are two cities that are very similar in this matter and pricing. Um, that certainly uh, a luxury home in Vancouver that's detached. I mean, you're really not going to get much uh, under three and a half million dollars. And the same could be said for Toronto um, that matches that criteria. So you mentioned that government intervention policies, such as a foreign buyer tax, it is having a big impact here. I also wonder about what the Bank of Canada's decision earlier this week to raise its key rate, which I think pretty much everyone is expecting at this point. Is that going to come into play uh, further down the road with regards to future sales? Well, there's been no surprises with the movement that the Bank of Canada has been doing over the last several months and coming forward, what's going to be coming. We're, we're entering a period of increasing interest rates. On the luxury end of the market, it doesn't have as direct an influence as it does with the average home market. The B20 stiffer mortgage qualification that was introduced on January 1st of this year certainly has had a large effect to the overall general housing market across the country. And of course, as the Bank of Canada increases its rates, that continues to increase the challenge for people to meet the new mortgage qualification because it's matched to the Bank of Canada rate or the five-year posted rate. So at at 2% higher is what you have to qualify at. And so generally, um, the increasing interest rates certainly have an effect, but if you look at long trends or year over year trends, we are still in this country in a very affordable interest rate environment and will continue to be in that very affordable interest rate environment for the next uh, 12 to 18 months. Yeah, it's not exactly the 1980s right now, is it? Well, you you know, and we were just speaking about that this morning when you talk to young people and and remind them that when their parents were buying a home in 1980, 20% interest rates, uh, far different than today at uh, 5%. Right. The other thing that I, I do want to highlight here, though, is that condos in both Vancouver and Victoria, one's going, uh, say, between $1 and $2 million. They've actually seen increases in Vancouver. They've gone up 6% year over year, and in Victoria, nearly 20% year over year. Tell me a little bit about maybe why we're seeing a difference between these condos versus, say, the single detached homes. Well, when we look at the entire condo market, uh, there's been a lot of demand, a lot of interest. When we look specifically at the luxury end of the condominium market, there has been uh, a great uh, uh, positive response and and desire or demand for the luxury end of the condominium market. And it's really being driven by two two segments of our population demographic. The, the greatest segment that's having the greatest effect in the luxury condo are the trailing age baby boomers. In other words, those younger baby boomers who today are, say, in their early 60s, uh, that segment has recovered the quickest from the Great Recession that was experienced around the world back in 2008. And they are now um, have the ability to look at improving their lifestyle or retiring into the lifestyle that they've really plan for. And and so that, in a lot of cases, means condominiums, downsizing from a single-family detached. And we're also seeing the movement with the baby boom generation to urban, uh, more city center type of living lifestyle. 
you know, we're seeing the shift of the demographic moving, uh, you know, the young millennials, pre-children stage being focused on that urban living lifestyle. Then as they have children moving out to the suburbs and now the baby boomers uh, moving in to the city centers for lifestyle to enjoy that, that great life. And of course, a lot of these luxury condominiums bring concierge services uh, if they're in a, in a combined with a hotel property in Four Seasons uh, throughout North America are, are well known for developing these type of properties where there's a, you know, a luxury end hotel, Four Seasons Hotel, that then the upper, you know, 30 floors are condominiums that those owners can take advantage of those concierge services that the hotel is providing as part of, part of that luxury living uh, environment. The, the second demographic that's affecting luxury condominiums are actually the millennials themselves. And this is through, uh, from their parents or grandparents through wealth management. Uh, and looking at uh, their, the parents or grandparents looking at their financial estate planning, knowing that uh, why get, uh, you know, hurt badly through uh, estate taxes when you can transfer the money um, prior to your death. Uh, to the following generations. And so millennials are now getting into these luxury condominiums as well and, uh, and affecting the overall market. Well, excellent. Uh, Elton, always appreciate you making time to chat with us. I want to thank you for joining us once again today. Well, you're most welcome anytime. That's Elton Ash, Regional Executive Vice President of REMAX of Western Canada. And that's it for BIV today. Thank you for listening. You can find our archives on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find our news at BIV.com. We'll be back next time.